Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Who's ready for the word? Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Come on, why don't we open our Bibles, get ready to receive God's word. I'm excited. We're starting a brand new series and Hopefully these cards have kind of already gave it away, but we're starting a brand new series today called Hallowed. And um, for those who've been part of the colonial journey for a few years, you would have remembered we did a series called Hallowed about three years ago. Who remembers it? Who remembers a series on prayer? And so we're gonna remix that series for the next few weeks. Um, I just really feel like the Lord's bringing me to a place where this is just vital and we need to talk about it, we need to teach on it, we need to preach about it and um, talk about prayer. So these cards are intended to help you um, so why don't you grab it and open to Matthew chapter six. We're gonna read from the Lord's Prayer together. And I just wanna, from the outset, I just wanna tell you what one of my goals is for this series. I always have, it's kind of like a, a prayer goal every time we do a new series, like, like God, what, what, am I, what, what am I believing for? Because I have a faith goal when it comes to each series we do. And um, this faith goal for Hallowed is that every single person in our church would learn, Matthew chapter six, um, the Lord's Prayer off by heart. Okay, this is my challenge to us as a church. This would be our goal, that if you don't know the Lord's Prayer off by heart, I wanna encourage you to learn it off by heart um, because there is everything packed into this, pr this prayer that Jesus gives us that we need for our whole lives. And you might be like, that's, that's a big statement. Well, it's absolutely true. Jesus gives us a prayer that has everything in it for life, to pray to the Father and to get all that we need. So I'm gonna start off by reading a few, pass a few verses before we're gonna all say the prayer together, and we're gonna do that every single message in this series, okay? So Matthew chapter six and verse one, hopefully you're there already, but it'll be on the wall behind me. Jesus has been teaching, in Matthew five is the Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching, he's showing, he's bringing the, king, the, the kingdom of heaven to earth. He's showing people, the people of Israel first off, but everyone, the whole world, including us now, what the kingdom of heaven is like. He's been teaching the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. This is, this is a big, big moment we see in Scripture in the Gospel of Matthew. And we pick it up here in verse one of Matthew six. This is what Jesus says. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward, and I want you to underline these words, from your Father who is in heaven. Verse two, thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And so then in verse five, Jesus sets up this prayer and he says this, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. You must not, he says. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, everybody say, you pray. Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. God sees everything that we do, especially when we pray. And verse seven, he says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty 
phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard with, by their, for their many words. He says again, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And then He tells us exactly how to pray. It says this, verse nine, and then pray, pray then like this. So grab your card. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna say this prayer together. We're gonna start learning it if you don't know it off by heart, but we're all gonna say this prayer together online as well. Come on, why don't you, uh, on the screens, why don't you watch it as well? Come on, let's all say this together. Ready? One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts. And also as we forgive in our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So this is our challenge, is to learn this prayer off by heart. Let's take a moment, let's pray like we always do right now. God, we thank you, Father, for your word today. Lord, we thank you that you're giving us all that we need. Father, we thank you that you've ordained this moment, Father, that we would be here today, open your word and to, to listen and to learn, to, to allow the word of God to speak life into us, God. Father, we thank you that it always does. Your word never returns void. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would soften our hearts to receive what's being taught today. Holy Spirit, help us to maybe see the spaces and the places in our heart that need to be shaped and molded by your word. Father, thank you that that's gonna be our testimony today. Father, I thank you for all in kids and the generations, Father, that are in all in kids today. God, thank you that you're building them, you're lifting them up. Lord, you're helping them to be all that they're called to be in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. amen. Well, part one of this series is this, pray to connect. It's pretty simple, but I believe it's profound. Pray to connect. I pray to connect. As part of this series, we're gonna be sort of asking some questions. And I believe going to the Word of God for the answers, which is, by the way, the best way to go. <laughs> to, go to, the, to go to God's Word and find your answers. You know, you got answers, in, you got questions in life. The best place you can go is God's Word because they're all there. And I've found that they usually just end up in the name Jesus. Jesus is usually the answer for everything, is always the answer for everything, but that's not in my notes. This is what it says in, in um, the Lord's Prayer. It says, pray then like this, Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we're gonna start there. Pray to connect. We pray to connect. But some of the questions might be this. What is prayer? Why do we even pray? What's the point in praying? Does prayer really work? How much prayer is enough? Other questions might be, what kind of prayers should I pray? How can I pray effectively? How can I bring prayer into my life and make it one of the markers of my faith? We're gonna be looking at different prayers in Scripture, but primarily Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer, because it is the most important prayer we see in Scripture. Why? Because Jesus gives it to us. Anytime Jesus gives you something in the Gospels or you see something that comes from Jesus, that's it. That's what you wanna focus on. But we're gonna look at some other prayers as well. A prayer that's really influenced my life is in 1 Chronicles chapter four, the prayer of Jabez. <laughs> Jabez cries out to God and God answers him. We're gonna look at the high priestly prayer of Jesus in John 17. We're gonna look at the Gethsemane prayer of Jesus as well, where he submits to the will of the Father. But we're gonna be looking at prayer and I believe, and I'm believing at the end of this series, that this, this series on prayer is gonna change your perspective on prayer. It's gonna change the way you look at it. You're gonna see prayer in a whole different way. You're not gonna see prayer as some like thing that just sort of builds up dust in the side of your life on a shelf somewhere. 
But prayer is gonna come into the central focus if, if it isn't there already. And if it is, I believe God's gonna pour fresh revelation over it and he's gonna show you brand new things, amen? You believing with me? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I pray to connect, but Jesus here is setting up some foundational truths for the people of Israel. He's setting up some things that are absolutely foundational. Before we read it in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, in Matthew 5, Jesus is speaking about what to do, what not to do. And he makes some pretty serious remarks and highlights about the pitfalls of what, people, what happens when people turn something as beautiful as prayer and turn it into a religious thing. Taking it from something that becomes about show or about proving yourself in the, the, the company or the context of others. But Jesus is making a point. He's like, it's got nothing to do with anyone else. It's got everything to do with you and your Father. And he says over and over, who is in heaven. I pray to connect with my Father in heaven. He says, don't pray to show off. Don't pray to prove yourself, but rather pray to connect in relationship with your heavenly Father. Your heavenly Father is emphasized all through Matthew 5 and Matthew 6. It's emphasized again and again. Jesus is making a point. Jesus is talking about in Matthew 5, he's talking about being salt and light. And we could easily miss what he says here. Sometimes we focus on the main part, which is absolutely true. You're called to be salt and to be light. And I am as well. But he mentions the Father in a unique way. It's in Matthew chapter five. Look at verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that so that they may see your good works and give glory, look at this, to your Father who is in heaven. And then look at verse 43. Jesus is teaching about how to treat people, especially your enemies. In the Old Testament, it was just like eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. What'd you do? I'm gonna do it to you back. We're gonna get even. The scales of justice are gonna be balanced. That's how it was in the old covenant, in the old way. But Jesus is ushering in the new. Praise God. He's ushering in the news. What he says in verse 43, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father. Here it is again, who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. So that's verse 43 of Matthew, Matthew 5. And then look at the beginning of Matthew 6. We already read it. Beware of practicing your righteous, righteousness before other people in order to be seen for them, that then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So let's get into first the first point, the very beginning of our series. What do we need to understand? The first is this. I have a Father in heaven. Come on, write that down. If you're not taking notes, you can write that down. Let it sink in, let it sear into your spirit today, to your soul, that you have a Father in heaven. See, this was, this was new news for the people of Israel, for the people there. This is why, because in the Old Testament, God was known as the Father, but Israel was known as the Son. And within the corporate Israel, obviously, the tribes, the families, and the families each had fathers and there were generations that came after those fathers and so on and so forth. But God wasn't known necessarily as a personal father. He was known, Israel was known as a corporate son. And Jesus is ushering in this understanding 
that they have a father and you have a father who is in heaven. He's your heavenly father. That's why at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, it says this, pray then like this, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus is not saying pray to anyone or anything. I remember when I was in my teenage years and you know, I went to this school where we had to learn the Lord's Prayer and I'm grateful for that, but I remember thinking about prayer and to me it was almost like a boardroom setting. That was prayer to me. At the very end of the boardroom table, which was just a long way away and you couldn't see, it was God sitting there as chairman. He's sitting there as chairman and, you know, old stuffy God who doesn't care about me. And I'm at the other end and I'm bubbling over my words, trying to rehearse my speech, trying to get it perfectly right before I come into his presence and say what I need to say. And I love it when I met Jesus. Jesus, through the words of Jesus, smashed that mentality and that mindset that God is some distant God. Come on, church. That he's some distant God that doesn't care about me and I have to bring it all perfect to him. But it says right here, you have a Father who is in heaven. Pray to him. Pray like this to him. Jesus saying, pray like this because he cares about you and he's there for you. Listen to the language, even in Exodus, all the way back in Exodus 4. This is the first instance that we see is Israel's son, but listen to the words, the, the, the treatment that God gives through, through, through his word to his son. He says, and you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. Other, words, other translations say that he may worship me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. You have a father in heaven and he is passionate about you. That's why we see in Luke chapter two, the story of Jesus in the temple as a child. Jesus stays back in Jerusalem and Mary and Joseph go back to get him. And he says this in verse 49, he says, why were you searching for me? I don't know, if I lost my, my, my earthly sons, I tell you what, I'd be freaking out. Like freaking out. And then they come upon Jesus and they're like, they're probably freaking out. And his response is this. He's like, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? You have a father in heaven. I have a father in heaven. People struggle with this concept of a father who is in heaven. Not just a father, but a perfect father. You know, father wounds in our generation are a real deal. They're a real issue. A lot of people walk around with father wounds because they try to put their earthly father in the position of their heavenly father. And there's a problem with that because your earthly father, listen to me, he's earthly. Like I love my dad, I talk about my dad all the time, you know, but I tell you right now, he was earthly. My dad did this thing, it was really funny. He had a really, really like a job where he had to dress nice during the week. And then the rest of the time, he would just walk around barefoot. Like it was just a funny, quirky thing. About, my dad was not perfect. He had issues, he had limitations, he had shortcomings. There were times with my dad, I felt like he didn't understand me. Felt like he, he, he wasn't there for me. He felt like there were times where he fell short and that's the point. He's an earthly father, he's not a heavenly father. And when I got a revelation through Jesus Christ 
that the God in heaven is not just a distant God, but He's actually my Father in heaven who cares about my every single need. Can I just encourage you? Oh, I changed my life. Everything was different. All of a sudden, I could look at things differently, even look at my earthly Father with grace because I have a Father in heaven who loves me. And isn't it interesting that Jesus, when He's delivering the punchline of a prayer for us to live our lives by, He starts by saying, you have a Father in heaven. That's not by mistake. Jesus meant for us to understand this Father that we have in heaven. You know, I was researching for this this message and I read this research study about fatherlessness in our generation. In this study in 2019, a Pew study, it said in 130 countries and territories, so all around the world, it shows that the US has the world's highest rate of children living in single parent households, 23%. The rest of the world is 7% significantly higher. And I started to go through and research the the state of fatherlessness and the journey that people have been on. And can I encourage you, I don't wanna even share some of the things that I read because it was so discouraging. There are so many people that have this gap in their lives and the good news is God fills that gap for us. But just let me read a couple that, you know, just illustrate where we're at. 85% of youth who are currently in prison grew up in a fatherless home. 24.7 million children in the United States live in a home where their biological father is not present. Nearly 25 million. 39% of students in the United States from first grade to senior year do not have a father at home. And 72% of Americans believe that a fatherless home is the most significant social problem and family problem that is facing this country. Here's the point, the generations need fathers. That's why if you're a father today, and you're listening to this message, your very existence is critical. Your very existence is critical. Could you imagine what our society would look like if we had fathers that prayed? If we had fathers that worshiped the Father in spirit and truth, that brought an understanding to the next generations and not just I'm an earthly father, but man, you gotta meet the heavenly Father because He's awesome. You think I'm okay, He's amazing. We have a Father in heaven. Imagine for a moment that you had a Father who was absolutely perfect. I wanna show you somewhere in Scripture that it says exactly that. Matthew 5 and verse 48, says Jesus says, you therefore must be perfect. Look at this. As your heavenly Father is perfect. He's perfect. Perfect in every way. No flaws. So maybe you're in here today and... Maybe your dad was controlling. Can I just encourage you, your heavenly father is releasing. Maybe you're in here today and your your earthly father was silent. Can I just encourage you, your heavenly father is ready to speak to you at all times. Maybe you're in here today and you had a father who was absent. Can I just encourage you, you have a heavenly father who has promised, ironclad, that he said he would never leave you nor forsake you. You have a father in heaven. And I believe the enemy is doing his utmost right now to ravage family and to take fathers out of the situation, to sow seeds of doubt, to draw them out, to to put shame and guilt on them. And I pray that we would be the type of church, we lift up men, we lift up, we, we teach and we pray over men and we encourage an atmosphere of fatherless, uh, fathers in our church. 
Psalm 68 verse five says, a father of the fatherless, this is God, and protector of widows. That's who God is. So you might be here today and you're like, man, you just brought me really down low with all the statistics and man, I have the situation that I can relate to. Can I just encourage you that God is the father of even the fatherless. He fills the gap. The limitations you feel, can I just encourage you? God doesn't have any limitations. He's perfect in every way. In Jesus' name, God fills the gap. I would love it if you could write this down. I have a heavenly father who is perfect. Oh man, that'll put wind in your sails this week. That'll help you get to the next place that you need to go. I have a heavenly father who's perfect. And point number two, I gotta go straight there. If I have a heavenly father who's perfect, point number two is this, he wants to hear from me. He wants to hear from me. You know, your heavenly father who is perfect, who is in heaven, wants to hear from you. Cares about your life cares about everything that's going on in your world. Jesus is giving us permission to approach and to commune with the Father through prayer. He's also saying this, when you pray, pray like this, because you've got to understand God is listening. He wants to hear from you. He wants to connect with you. He's not distant and unreachable. He's available and He's got open ears ready to listen And here, I think sometimes what we do is we get into almost this false humility posture where we're just like all the the smaller things that we have going on in our life that to us seem small or insignificant aren't important to God. You know, you couldn't be further from the truth. It's actually the opposite. Is God is invested and interested in every single thing you've got going on. So the next meeting that you have to go to, you need to plan for and get ready for, God's interested in that. The, the, the big situation that your children are dealing with right now, you know what? God is all over that. He cares. And what we need to do is we need to understand through the power of prayer that we can talk to God and we can bring Him in on all of our situations. I remember when we were searching for, for venues for our church and we had some big, big decisions to make. Like big decisions, like the kind of decisions if you make the wrong decision, you could completely like, like wipe out things financially. You know, you wanna make good decisions when it comes to venues in church, it's just the way it is. And I remember there was some like balancing acts and we were looking at some things and man, we were stepping out in faith and we were just trying to figure it out. And I, was, I felt like I was carrying the weight of all of it on my shoulders for a season. And I was like, man, we gotta get this right. And I remember one time praying and I just was like, God, I need you, I need you in on this. I, I, I need you involved in this. And I felt like just that he said to me, he's like, I've been here the whole time. Every meeting you've been in talking about this, he told me he was there. Every time I I thought about these things, he was there. Here's the thing about prayer is the moment you pray, you bring the God of the universe into every little thing you've got going on, it changes the game. So I wanna tell you today, I got good news. Prayer changes everything. I have a heavenly father, but here's the crazy thing. He's actually listening to me. He wants to hear from me. And not only that, he's listening to every single word. Let's not be the type of believers that think God doesn't care or that he's not interested. Or that even our struggles, sometimes the struggles that we feel like we shouldn't bring to God because they're not holy enough. Can I just encourage you? God is all over that. 
He wants to hear about your struggles. He wants to hear about, he wants to sit and commune with you. You know, I've got three small kids now and you know what, anytime they wanna talk to me, I am all ears. I am like throwing the phone in the pool. I'm just like, talk to me. I wanted to, and this is a type and a symbol of how God is to us. It's exactly how He wants to be to you today. I have a heavenly Father and He wants to hear from me. You know, when you study Scripture, you, you see that prayer, especially in the New Testament, is actually something you should do more of than less of. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, I wanna show you a Scripture. You've probably seen it before, but I just wanna maybe shine a different light on it. It says this in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 16, Paul is talking to the church. He's talking about lifestyle. He's talking about uh, the, the church in Thessalonica. It was like, they were, they were worried about like, you know, everything ending and, you know, how do, we, how do we live every single day? How do we figure this whole thing out? You know, they, were, they were, had existential questions for Paul and Paul responds to them from the ground up. And he says, this is how you need to live your life. He says this in 1 Thessalonians, this is verse 16. He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. You wanna bring calm into your world? Just don't stop praying, is what Paul says. And he says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, I wanna read it in the message. He says, be cheerful no matter what. Some of you just need to lighten up. <laughs> just get happy. Be cheerful. In all circumstances, he says. Just lighten up. Be cheerful no matter what. But look at these words, pray all the time, all the time. Thank God no matter what happens, this is the way God wants you who belong to, to Christ Jesus to live. He says, pray all the time. Obviously in the ESV, it says pray without ceasing. When you study that passage, this is what Paul is saying. He's saying you should be praying more than you don't pray. And I've been trying to build this habit into my life the last few years that whenever I'm on my own, that I'm just praying. Whenever I'm on my own, usually driving in my truck or whatever, I just, I'm just starting to pray. Just starting to talk with God, just starting to talk to Him about where I'm at, what I'm going through, what's on my schedule today. Trying to pray because it says, pray without ceasing. And what the apostle is saying here is saying, you should, be, you should pray more than you anything else. Pray because God is listening and God wants to hear from us. Can I just encourage you, what's getting in the way of you praying? What's a distraction that you need to deal with today, tomorrow, the next day so that you can pray more? What could you take out? What could you eliminate from your life that will get in the way? I love to just make space to pray. I just love to have space. Like I talked about driving to me, that's actually become sacred time for me just to pray and just to get things off my chest with the Lord and just tell Him like, this is where I'm at, this is what I'm going through, God. I need you, you're my Father. You know, let, let's talk, let's, let's do this, let's talk. And sometimes it's just like, the weight just gets lifted off because I'm praying without ceasing. But I wanted to give us four passages of Scripture that you can take home this week. Maybe you could just write the references down, but they talk about how God listens to your prayers. That God actually is interested in what you're saying. The thing that you're going through, He cares about. Okay, you ready? Here's the first one, John chapter nine and verse 31. This is what it says. He says, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. That's you and that's me. That's John chapter nine. Uh, look at 1 Peter chapter three and verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord 
are on the righteous and his ears are attentive. There it is. His ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. God is attentive to your prayers. Uh, that's, that's the second one. Here's the third one. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 15. Is this helping, by the way? 1 John 15 and verse, sorry, 5 and verse 15. And if we know, look at this, that he hears us. So John is saying, we know this. <laughs> I like to work backwards in scripture. John is saying, we know this. We know that God hears us. We know that God answers our prayers. We know that God's attentive. We know, we know that he hears us. Team, you can join me. And, we, if, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. And this is the one I wanted to end with, Jeremiah 29, verse 12. When I read these words, I just want them to, to wash over you, okay? Online, I want these words just to wash over your spirit. This is what it says in verse 12. It says, then you will call on me and come, look at this, and pray to me. Pray to me. Pray to the Father. Pray to your Father who is in heaven. Look at what it says, and I will listen to you. I will listen, you will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. I wonder if you're in a season right now where you just feel like at any moment you could just go. Go and sit with the Father and talk. And knowing as you do that, that He listens to you. He listens to every single word. He listens to every single tone. He listens to every little thing that you've got. I know this is a simple message, but you know what? It's just so important. In Revelation chapter five, I think it is, it talks about how there's a bowl of incense in heaven that has the prayers of the saints. Every single prayer, every single word, every single heart cry, every single struggle that you've cried out to God in. Revelation says there's a bowl of incense and a sweet aroma that goes up to the Father that is the prayer of the saints. Your prayers, my prayers, God is in heaven listening to us. And I believe it's powerful. And I believe that God's turning our hearts towards Him to understand that He's a Father like no other not like any earthly father we've ever experienced with any kind of limitations that he's perfect in every single way. You receive that word, would you stand with me? Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.